Gotta feel like hell tonight Tears of rage I cannot hide I'll be the last to help you understand Are you strong enough to be my man? All right, it's Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with myself, Todd Vino, and, of course, Clinton Wilkins right here on News 95.7. Clinton, what's going on? How you doing? I feel like we haven't been on in a while. It's been a month. I mean, it feels like longer than a month to me. I don't know. Your perception of time is skewed. I know, obviously it is. It's not the only thing that perhaps is skewed. What do you think? What else is skewed? I don't know. <laughs> We're all skewed in some way. I'm sure we I'm sure we are, but you know, I'm happy to be back here. Uh, on the air, and I'm, you know, I'm so glad that we're here to, you know, educate people and, uh, you know, share all kinds of good information. You know, I think overall the feedback that we get um, from our show is really just wonderful. Well, you know, we're in season three, and you know, we're having really a, a very interesting year here in Halifax, and you know, there's no other place that I would rather be. Like, I feel like that the city is really changing, and uh, you know, I think there's a lot of good stuff on the go here. And, um, you know, I think the real estate market is really interesting. And I think that, you know, this is going to be a really good hour to discuss and, you know, dig into all kinds of good, uh, good subjects here. Yeah, for sure. We're going to talk about uh, pride and home ownership, cost of lumber and home construction. And that those numbers are actually going mm-hmm. in, the, in a better direction, mm-hmm. finally. Uh, something that you do a lot of and you talk a lot about. And I think that the re- refinance and renovations is there's a lot to it, right? Obviously, that's one of those files that's. And you know what? People talk about refinance all the time. And it really just needs to be the right time. And really, 2021 is one of the best years that I've ever seen, um, you know, to talk about uh, refinances. And a lot of people are refinancing to stay in their existing home. You know, with the, you know, the value is really going up. People are having more equity in their home. But as you know, if you're going to sell your existing home, you're probably going to get top dollar. But then you need to buy another home. And sometimes those economics, um, you know, the numbers don't work. Yeah, for sure. And we're also going to talk about immigration in the show. So lots to get to. And uh, so you say that you, you, when you get feedback from from what from listeners to Mortgage 101, what are some of the things you hear from people? Well, I think some people just reach out just for, you know, to talk about their specific situation, which we love. And, um, you know, I think it's really uh, interesting some of the questions that we get. And sometimes it's people that just want information. And we're totally cool with that. I think that we're really all about education. And there's lots of great information on our website. You know, we have over 400 blog posts on there uh, with lots of different topics. And, you know, some of that is around construction and refinance. So there's lots of good pertinent information on on our website, which I think is super valuable. But sometimes people just want to talk about their situation. When is the right time? And sometimes they just want a sounding board. We answer the phone, which I think is kind of very unique. You know, during the week, we have people who answer the phone, and uh, I think that really differentiates us from maybe the competition, but it certainly differentiates us from, you know, a lot of major lenders because, you know, when you call, you can never get through to someone, but we really pride ourselves on being that local, you know, organic, gluten-free mortgage brokerage. And do you do the advocacy work on behalf, like if somebody after the fact needs to deal with the bank or the lender? Will you do that on their behalf? Yeah, there's lots of times where we get involved, and we also have a lot of connections, um, you know, with the bank lenders. So uh, we can certainly help and, um, you know, make those connections and try to make it as smooth a transaction as possible. Okay. 
All right, so we're going to talk about pride and home ownership, uh, and uh, it's it's it kind of goes without saying that home ownership and pride should go together, mm-hmm. uh, because it, it is as you always say the biggest purchase of your life, right? And 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 people should take pride in that. The fact that first of all, not everybody gets to own a home, and and I think that we're entering an era now where it, it is becoming somewhat I don't want to say rare, but but it's not as common as it once was, right? Yeah, and I think that it's definitely harder for first-time home buyers now than it ever was before. And, you know, specifically when we're talking about pride and, you know, if we're talking about, um, you know, any same-sex couples, I think it was even challenging for um, individuals to be able to buy a home even before, you know, now. So I think, you know, some of the struggles that first-time homebuyers are facing today around affordability, it probably was the same type of struggles. Only, uh, you know, things change, you know, over time. I think one of the big thing is today that uh, first-time homebuyers are having a super hard time getting the funds together for, you know, down payment and closing costs, but also that affordability. Um, You know, there's a really low percentage of, you know, um, homes that are owned by, you know, same-sex couples. And, you know, and I'm not sure why that is, you know, a low percentage. I think, you know, one thing that we can kind of think about is sometimes there's some socioeconomic challenges. Mm-hmm. I think that's certainly one. And, you know, I think w- when we think about home ownership, it's about putting roots down in the community. And I, and I sometimes feel like it is challenging, you know, no matter what type of, um, group that we're talking about to be, to break that barrier down. And, you know, we're, it's 2021. A lot of the barriers have been broken down, but I think it's so important to talk about it. And, you know, if we're thinking about, you know, pride and we're thinking about, you know, first-time home buyers, there's a lot of things that are kind of similar to the challenges. And, I'm not, and I don't want to discount it, Todd. You know, I don't think it's a walk in the park for anyone um, you know, becoming homeowners. Mm-hmm. And I think even for people who do own homes, I think that's also challenging. And I think that's something that we have to also think about. We need to remember that it is it is challenging and, we, and everyone's challenges are a little bit different. Um, so I think it's certainly an interesting time, 2021. Uh, we would think that, you know, things have certainly gotten a lot better for a lot of groups, but... Um, I don't think we're all the way there. And I think that we're going to see some new challenges come. And some of those new challenges are certainly going to be around things like affordability and, um, you know, just access to be able to, you know, finance that home. You know, at one time, and here's something that's kind of interesting. Our new office is um, in downtown Halifax at 5151 George, which is the old Bank of Montreal building. And I'll I'll throw it out there that it was Bank of Montreal. I think everyone kind of refers to this building as a Bank of Montreal uh, building. We don't do business with Bank of Montreal, but we certainly do business with, you know, a lot of the big five lenders. And when we were renovating this new office, um, you know, we found some old, you know, not so much documents, but I guess kind of documents from Bank of Montreal. And it was an old signature card that we found, you know, probably from the 1950s or 60s. And the primary person on the bank account was, you know, a male. And 
if there was a secondary person on, on, on the account, it was a female. And if the primary person on the account was a female, you had to write wife of. Mm-hmm. Those were the only choices. Yeah. You know, the choice was either it's a single male or a husband wife. Yeah. Or if it's going to be a woman opening a bank account, you had to write who the, the husband of, was wow. of that person. Yeah. And, you know, obviously things have changed, you know, over time. But I can't imagine how challenging it would be for a same-sex couple in 1960 to get a, mm-hmm. a mortgage from any financial institution. Right. Yeah. I can even tell you in the 15 years that I've been doing mortgage lending, I get asked all the time, what's the relationship with these two borrowers? And we'll code it correctly. We'll say single, single, but together, common law, common law, but together, married, married, together, one's divorced, one single, but together. And, you know, we get asked the question all the time and it's kind of innocent, you know, but underwriting will come back and be like, what's the relationship with these two borrowers? And it's not just because it's, you know, two, um, you know, same sex borrowers. It's two of any borrowers. They ask a lot of questions and there's more questions that get asked today than I think probably any other time. You know, the pendulum really swings kind of both ways. When I first started 15 years ago, we could just kind of throw something at the wall and see if it would stick. And now we have to diarize more and more, um, you know, information. And we get asked a lot of questions. And I sometimes feel sensitive to the questions because not everyone wants to be asked, you know, what is the situation? But when when you're doing something that's the biggest purchase of your life, and that's certainly buying a home. The mortgage is the biggest debt. We kind of have to give all those pieces of information um, just to make sure that, you know, obviously the lender understands what that uh, kind of risk looks like. Wow. There's a lot there to unpackage, actually. And I feel as though that there's more to, to that conversation, but we are going to need a break. So can we revisit that? 100%. Okay. Uh, Mortgage 101, uh, your guide to home ownership with Clinton, Wil- Clinton Wilkins and myself, your host, Todd Vino. We'll be right back. Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raised the roof, now we're lower in the floor. The band is blistered, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four. One, two, three, four. Well, no wonder people in Newfoundland like to drink a lot, eh? I mean, I just actually came back from Newfoundland, so... Well, yeah, what were you doing there? I was in Cornerbrook. Why? I don't know. I, I, some people say it's, it's the best coast. I've actually only ever been to Cornerbrook. I've never been to the east coast of Newfoundland, so I can't even comment, really. Wow. All right, welcome back to uh, Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with myself, Todd Vino, and uh, Clinton Wilkins, of course, are the... Mortgage guru, are you the uh, most well-versed mortgage guy in uh, Nova Scotia or the Maritimes? Well, I would definitely say the Maritimes 100%. I would say uh, likely I would be a leader, at least in the thought leadership uh, piece from across the country, at least in the Canadian mortgage broker brokerage scene. Uh, I certainly, you know, have provided lots of great insights over the years and uh, been awarded mortgage broker of the year on national level. And, uh, you know, certainly provided lots of good info to, you know, Mortgage Broker News and the Canadian um, 
mortgage publications as well. And I've written a book about mortgage lending. So, you, you know, no, I don't think anyone really has done more uh, maybe information and knowledge um, to the consumer than we have here. Just if we're thinking about even the last three years of our show, Todd, mm -hmm. just the hours of content that we've done. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone's really done this level, uh, at least in, you know, in the broadcasting realm. Yeah, exactly. All right. So in the previous segment, we were talking about uh, pride and home ownership. And I thought it was interesting that the dynamic uh, w between the lenders w is is something that that borrowers are so intensely interested in, which kind mm -hmm. of surprised me actually. So I wanted to revisit that. Basically, that's about, in some way, they view that as part of the risk of file, I, Yeah, right? I think it, the relationship with the borrower is just yeah. so, so important. And, you know, it could be as simple as, you know, a mother-daughter. It can be two friends buying a, a home together. It can be spouses buying a, a home together. Um, you know, there's a couple important things to think about there, and it's about the risk tolerance of the lenders. Part of the risk tolerance is what do they think, you know, what will happen if one borrower may be taken out of the situation? Can they still afford to pay the mortgage? Does that put, you know, the lender at a higher risk? And sometimes they view, you know, unmarried people as, you know, archaic as this may seem, less favorable than they do as, you know, the typical heteronormative husband-wife combination. Nuclear as, family. Exactly. Yeah. As we all know, that's just as challenging, if not, likely, if not, if not more, more yeah. than, you know, a same-sex couple or a mother-daughter or two friends. Um, you know, so much, so many heteronormative relationships end in divorce and breakups. I mean, just like every relationship does. Um, but we certainly still get the questions on what's the relationship with the borrowers. And then the lender decides, you know, if that's within their risk tolerance or not. Is there discrimination involved in some way? Do you ever sense that's happening by I the don't, borrower? I, I definitely don't think that there's discrimination against the borrowers. But I think if it's a marginal file to begin with, and then there's two maybe friends buying a home together. Right. That may be perceived as higher risk than maybe someone that's uh, in a relationship. What if it's a, a business partnership? Obviously, it is a business. Yeah. Uh, well, if they're contract. buying a rent, if they're buying a rental property together, yeah. sure. Yeah. I think if they're buying an owner-occupied property together. That certainly would raise some red flags. Well, sure, one of them might meet somebody else, and then they'll want to perhaps. And then maybe the lender is going to have the mortgage paid out, which they don't want, or yeah. maybe the other borrower may be at a higher risk than, and they don't want that. So you know, I think every file is different. I think that's what makes mortgage lending kind of interesting. You know, every file is like a snowflake, and you know, we can mitigate some of those challenges, but also present the file in the best possible light when we submit it, you know, to a lender. How do you do that? How do you submit it in the best well, possible Well, we look light? at their income, their assets, and their credit. And it's also about setting the file up correctly. And, um, you know, I think it's about asking the right questions up front. And we just don't throw things at the wall and see if it's going to stick. We really want to ask all the information and provide a really good and complete file when we submit it for approval because it's a lot easier to get it submitted right the first time, we always kind of refer to this as first time, right? Um, then it is to go back and make multiple changes. 
The other important thing to think about, and I think we might have talked about this a little bit before, Todd, but I want to touch on it. Based on people's marital status, it can impact, you know, some, there, there can be some legal implications. In Nova Scotia, the Matrimonial Property Act applies. It applies to married people. So if you're on title or not on title, you still have the same rights to the matrimonial home. And people that are uh, domestic partners in the province of Nova Scotia get those same rights. So a domestic partner is someone who would go down to service Nova Scotia and register as a domestic partner. Some people perceive um, themselves to be common law if they file their income tax together. And federal common law, I'm going to use this very air quotey, you know, quote unquote, is different than being a registered domestic partner in Nova Scotia. So I think you should definitely get some legal advice around that. And there's a couple different ways you can take the deed. You can take the deed as joint tenants or tenants in common. And that can definitely have different um, financial outcomes down the road if someone were to pass away and where would their interest then go in that property. So the lenders ask these questions and I think most lenders, if two borrowers are buying a property together, regardless of their marital status, sexual orientation, any of this stuff, they normally always want the deed to be taken as joint tenants because then the interest uh, would uh, would then go to the other person if they were to pass away. Okay, interesting topic mm-hmm. though. Things that, uh, the, again... You don't even really think about mortgage uh, lending. You don't think of these things, right? But it's part of the, it's a really integral part of the application, the dynamic between who's borrowing. Exactly. So, so, so important for sure. Okay. Let's pivot and start talking a little bit about lumber prices. And again, this may spill over into our next segment, depending on how long this takes. But uh, we know that lumber prices went up exponentially over the last year. Mm -hmm. And because of a lot of variety of reasons, COVID certainly is a main reason. It has been very, very challenging for builders and for people who are buying new construction homes. We've seen some major, major delays, but also price increases, which have been so challenging. So I think, you know, certainly there's been some great news about the lumber costs coming down. But I've heard even, um, you know, other construction materials have come maybe slightly more in line over the last couple weeks and months. So, you know, that's certainly positive. Um, You know, we're hearing some reports of buyers who had entered into purchase agreements with builders that have been kind of hit with some major price increases kind of at the end when they're ready to close on their new home. So that's not great news for us, especially if we had the uh, the borrower because then we have to go back to the lender and try to, you know, explain a big price increase if they're willing to kind of eat that. But, you know, I think it's also challenging for the builder and I see both sides of it. Because I think some builders are definitely having some hard times financially. Imagine if, you know, the prices do increase, but you don't increase the cost of your end product. Yeah. Someone has to eat that cost. Yeah. It's either the buyer or it's the seller. And in this case, it's the builder. Um, you know, I, and I think, you know, it's all about that full disclosure. And I understand it's a contract, but I'm definitely seeing some builders not wanting to fulfill their contract with the sheer rationale being that they can resell that home for more than they entered the contract, entered into that contract with the buyer even like a year ago. So, well, I mean, anecdotally, I I'm doing my roof at, 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 in my home in Spryfield and I, and I'm doing it myself, perhaps foolishly at 52, maybe it's time to slow down a little bit. I mean, get on that roof. Why not, <laughs> Todd? As long as you can yeah. uh, show up and be on the radio. Right. There, you know? there you go. But I bought a, uh, I bought some one and a half, one and a quarter inch galvanized nails 
And it wasn't a big, it was 25 bucks, it was one pouch, and I put on five bundles or something like that. And not all that long ago, you could buy a 50-pound box of nails for not much more than that. So mm -hmm. prices are, it, it is a challenge. It's still a re remaining a big challenge, though, right? Yeah, it's certainly still a challenge. And we're hearing, you know, reports from, you know, both sides of that transaction. And, um, you know, I think that things are going to renormalize in terms of the, you know, the costs of construction materials. It's going to take some time. You know, it's not just that there was supply chain issues. I think there was increased demand, Todd. Yeah. Increased demand from builders and increased demand for people that were renovating their existing homes. All right, we got lots to talk about uh, refinance renovations. That's one of your uh, favorite topics, right? Love Obviously. It. Okay. So uh, we'll get to that on News 957 when we come back. Uh, welcome back to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clint Wilkins and myself. Todd Vino here on News 95.7. And that is, of course, the one and only Kiss. You ever hear that song before, Clinton? You know what? I've never heard it, but I kind of like it. What do you like about it? I just think I like the beat. And, uh, you know, I also, I really am into you know 80 songs but i feel like this one could have been like yeah that's 70s 70s right Definitely yeah 70s. that's kind of what i was feeling and i don't really know a lot of that like you know big hair rock it's not big hair rock that was before big hair rock okay i don't know what what what, what would this be considered 70s rock man there you go we digress i mean here's the thing it's Saturday, yeah. it's Sunday, it's a weekend, you know? That's right. So down off our uh, rock and roll cliff, we're going to talk about mortgage mortgage lending. What do you think? I it's think quite a transition, a eh? kiss to mortgage lending. You know what? It's kind of our thing. And um, while we were on our break, I was asking Todd if a famous local musician had reached out to him. Because during one of our last shows, I kind of gave... Uh, this guy, a bit of a shout out. And I honestly thought Todd or I would have received a tweet or an email or a telephone call, or maybe somebody would have sent a carrier pigeon just with a little bit of an intro, but it has yet to happen. And who is it? You tell me who it is. Miles Goodwin? Miles Goodwin. I've actually interviewed Miles Goodwin a couple of times. But not since. But not since. I think if he's listening this time around, Miles Goodwin will definitely phone in to the radio station and also uh, asked to speak to you. I don't think he needs a mortgage. You never know. You never know. But lots of people do need mortgages, right? And that's why we're here. We're going to talk a little bit about re refinances and renovations. You know, it's certainly a hot topic here in late summer. And we're, you know, we're going to be going into the fall here before too, too long. And uh, there's no better time to talk about renovations and really uh, talking about refinance and then 2021, you know, certainly it's a great time to talk about, you know, refinancing. Values are up and the interest rates okay, are really me, honestly me, at let, let, me give you, let me give you a real world example of somebody who may be in, in line for something here. Okay. 
This person may be me. Okay, tell me. <laughs> tell me about your situation. Okay, so we gonna, are here. So I'm going to sit down. Do you have a coffee for me? Yeah, first? sure. Or maybe like a, a glass of wine or an espresso or uh, you never know. We, maybe even like a sparkling water. Okay. We're down here at 51, 51. Because I'm the client so. right now. Exactly. I'm and I am actually your client, yeah. so it works. Okay. It, it really works. All right, so my place in uh, Spryfield, mm -hmm. uh, when I bought the place, I bought it at rock bottom price. You've got a bargain. I, got I a, will I, agree. I got a real bargain, okay? Now, that bargain needed some work. I've put quite a bit of work into that place. I've done a lot of it myself. We talked about this earlier mm -hmm. in the show, right? Mm -hmm. Which is fine. But in, in that time, I've had to put some money into my line of credit in order to, of course, in yeah. order to pay for that. So that's, that's, there's a balance there of whatever it is. I would like to get that paid off. Now, I also know that with the work that I put into it, including windows mm -hmm. and siding and, and, and all types of interior, the house is looking good. And where property values have gone, this fall might be a great time for me to refinance that and get that debt paid off, and take utilize some of that equity. What are your What's your advice to me? I think it could be a great solution, and not to really breach your confidentiality, but I do know your file, um, and your current mortgage product. You are in a variable. Yes. So you know, not that we're going to really di dive deep into your you know whole file, but. Being in a variable rate mortgage product is really the easiest when we're talking about doing a midterm refinance. And that's really what you're talking about, Todd. Yes. Um, to get out of a variable rate mortgage early, you'd only pay three months interest. And in your situation, we could refinance up to 80% of the market value of your home, less your existing mortgage balance. Right. So we can just do a little bit of quick math there. Yeah. When we're talking about refinance, we really look at three things. We look at your income, we look at your assets, and we look at your credit. And now, you know, over the last year, obviously your income has changed. And I think it's really just going to be dependent on really what does the income look like? You know, is the income going to be salaried or is your income going to be really self-employed? I don't know yet. And I think that would be one of the first questions that I would ask you or really any borrower who comes in to see us. Um, and, you know, there's more and more borrowers who are becoming self-employed every day. And there's certainly some great solution for self-employed borrowers. And sometimes it does come at a higher rate for a year or for two years. Um, but sometimes that's something that you're willing to do just to, you know, get that refinance done. And I don't know. But I think it's certainly worth a conversation. And I think that it's just about putting all those pieces together and just figuring out what that best solution is. But I be. think as far as the equity goes, based the equity on, is a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer, right? The equity, equity is a no-no-brainer, yeah. and likely you can access more uh, equity in your home than you even need. Probably, yeah, I'm yeah. going to guess. Yeah, lots. Um, right. But that's certainly a, you know an, kind of another conversation. It's like it's like, do you do more renovations, or do you pull out more funds? for potentially doing some investments. I don't know, but I think it's a good conversation when you're doing something like this, this is a big financial transaction. Mm -hmm. I think it's about getting it set up the right way, right? right yeah. You know, you don't want to do this today, then in another two or three years, be like, oh no, I want to refinance again. Because certainly sometimes there comes with some costs, Todd. Like yeah. when we're talking about having a penalty of three months interest, yeah. that is a pill that sometimes you need to swallow to get to where you want to be. So for the sake of another Ten thousand dollars, you can do those windows or whatever. Just get it all done. Just if you get can it do done. It. Yeah. And maybe it makes sense to do a product that's maybe like a mortgage and a home equity line of credit as a combination because maybe you don't need those funds today, but maybe you can financially afford to have a mortgage up to eighty percent of the property value, but maybe it's split into a couple different components. 
you know, there's lots of ways to slice it. And I think it's just really figuring out what the best solution is for you and your household. And, um, you know, it's not always black and white, you know, I, it's kind of like 50 shades of gray. And, um, but I think that anytime that you're going to do a transaction like this, I think it's important to really ask those right questions. And sometimes people come in to see me and, you know, they've tons and tons of equity in the property, but they want to refinance for like $30,000. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. But maybe it makes sense to also have a home equity line of credit that if you do want to, you know, have access to some funds down the road, we don't necessarily need to go through this um, process again. And I have no problem doing refinances for people. You know, we get paid. Like, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But we also want to make sure you're in the best possible product uh, because I think it's relationship. And, you know, if it is a mortgage and, uh, you know, a line of credit component, we're still going to get involved when that mortgage comes up for renewal because maybe it makes sense to combine those two products into one product and then maybe we're going to do another refinance. And we're certainly looking at those situations a lot, Todd. And I'm not going to throw any lenders under the bus, but there's certainly some lenders that are very heavily driven towards line of credit products, and they're not for everyone. And in some cases, it's a forever plan. And the rate on a home equity line of credit for most lenders is somewhere around 3%, you know, prime plus 50. So we're looking at 2.95, somewhere 305. It kind of just depends on what type of product that you have. But the same product in a mortgage component you know, if you were in a variable and if you had an amortization of less than 25 years, you could have a variable rate at 1.4. Mm-hmm. So the difference between your payment on a 25-year amortization at 1.4% and your interest-only payment at 3% is pretty marginal. But the difference really is how much goes on your principal because you're paying that much less interest. Mm-hmm. And, the, that, the, you know, and the difference of what you're saving, you know, in that interest-carrying cost is going to pay down that principal, which really pays a lot of borrowers dividends down the road and it would allow people like you Todd you know to have the equity in their home to you know potentially you know access that down the road when you want to do another major product project or maybe you want to sell this house down the road and you know buy another house maybe with a spouse down the road I don't know everybody's situation changes but likely I know you and you know we've been doing the show for three years if we do do a refinance for you in the future it would likely be another variable rate mortgage product or a short-term mortgage product for like a one-year term or something like that. Because, you know, anytime your life is in flux in terms of maybe relationships, employment, uh, you know, credit stuff, usually we will do a more flexible term because if we need to do something, then we have the option and you're not going to be in a product where you're going to pay a big penalty to then make a change. So you say you know me and then you went on with the blocks Marriage problems, job issues. I'm not saying that you have any of these things. I'm just throwing them out or there. Maybe, like, oh, or, or, or maybe all of them. Or maybe like maybe it's maybe it's all. But you know what? Everyone you know has some something going on. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Nobody's life is just like 100 percent peachy all Except the time. Except yours. I mean, my life's not 100 percent peachy all the time no, either. I know, Todd. Um, and uh, you know, we've all had challenges, whether that's relationships, whether it's employment. We've all had challenges from time to time, so don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, I think it's just figuring out what the solution is going to be and then just working through it and making a good strategy and a good plan. And I think that's sometimes half the battle, to be honest. 
Okay, so renovations clearly isn't the answer for everybody, though, right? Some people. It it's certainly not. is not because uh, let me tell you, I've seen some handyman specials, and I'm like, you should have just cease and desist, <laughs> because really, you've wasted your money. Yeah. And in some cases, you've actually devalued the property by the work that you've done. You've maybe caused more problems. Yeah. Uh, so I really think it's about seeking that advice of someone who's, you know, an expert in that field. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to pretend to be an expert about renovations. I'm not. I'm an expert at mortgage finance. Yeah. Um, you know, can I do, and I, I might be slightly handy. I've owned some rental properties in the past, but you know what I'm really handy at? Writing a friggin' check. <laughs> and you know what? I am the first one to say, you know what? I'd rather pay someone to do that and I want it done right. Yeah. And it's not about nickel and diming getting the cheapest deal. You know, I'm okay to spend good money to get a quality product at the end. I don't want to spend frivolously, you know, more money. Nobody wants mm -hmm. to do that, I don't think. Um, I don't have money to burn. Um, but I'm willing to certainly spend money to get it done and get it done right. Are you surprised sometimes when what people select as to what they prioritize, what they do tackle, like a granite countertops? Meanwhile, their roof needs to be done and windows are leaking. Do you see yeah, that? Yeah, I see that all the time. And sometimes... You know, really, you need to focus on the envelope of your home. And when we're talking about the envelope, it's really about the roof, the siding, the windows. Maybe it could be the foundation. Are really, really important things. That really needs to be solid before you start getting into the cosmetics. You may see your kitchen in your bathroom every day. But if your roof is leaking, why are you putting money to the kitchen? Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes it's hard to convince people, you know, they really need to do kind of those major things first. And you may not see the major things, and the major things may not have a huge spike to your property value or return on that investment, but it's going to keep your investment safe. And I think that's really important. So how often do you have to convince people perhaps to rethink well, doing. we uh, certainly, you know, we talk about even purchase plus improvements. And I know it's a little bit of a segue from renovations, but, you know, it's still getting work done at your home. And, you know, we certainly get quotes for clients who want to do purchase plus improvements. And sometimes they're declined to do them because sometimes the improvements don't add value to the home. And the lender or the insurer doesn't support, you know, the work that they're going to do. And sometimes I have to break that news to, you know, the borrowers that, you know, they need to make a different decision. Excellent stuff. Good conversation. Uh, we've got another segment to go here in News 95. So we're going to talk about immigration. Is that correct? That's that what right. you want to get to? Okay. We're going to get to that uh, News 95.7 uh, Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vina. We'll be back. Welcome back to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino, here in News 95.7. And uh, rocking out to Billy Idol. That's 80s hairband stuff. You know right what? There. This makes me, this reminds me of the weekend. Oh, yes? I don't know. I think it's a good, like, weekend driving around song. You mean the band The Weekend? Not the band The Weekend, but that's a good one. We're talking about modern day music, and yeah. you know what? We, desi we decided that, you know. 80s was a good yeah. 
uh, decade to play a song from. So Driving around in your Range Rover? I mean, this is a driving around in your Range Rover with the windows down song. Wow, what about the AC? I probably wouldn't run the AC, but I would definitely have the sunroof open and maybe all four windows open if it's a hot day. Exactly. All right, you ready to talk mortgage lending I mean, again? Let's talk about some. Let's talk about some mortgage lending. All right, let's do that. We can't have Billy Idol cranking when we're talking mortgage lending, though. I mean, it doesn't feel like it's a serious conversation you no, know, when you have the music really jamming yeah. in the background. But um, you know, it's the weekend, and I really want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to us. You know, the last hour, and you know, and just to continue support of the listeners tuning in. You know, as everyone knows, the News 95.7 isn't live from Halifax on the weekend. So I really thank everyone who tunes in and listens to our show, you know, on Saturday and Sunday. And, uh, you know, it's available online on the News 95.7 website, as well as uh, we play little clips on our social media and on YouTube. And it's on our website. So lots of great content. And I hope you really learned something. And hopefully it, you know, even sparked a conversation in your household about, you know, homeownership, mortgage finance, you know, break down some of those barriers, have the conversation. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about immigration. And uh, obviously, uh, in our province of Nova Scotia, immigration is a key component to uh, growing the economy. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know that birth rates are traditionally down, and we've got an aging demographic. So this is critically important. How much work uh, do you do with new Canadians? We certainly do a lot of work with new Canadians. I would say, you know, one of the primary reasons that we do a lot of work with them is, you know, people at the branch might not be skilled on the new to Canada programs and what's available, uh, you know, for new Canadians. And, you know, when we're talking about someone who is a new resident here in Nova Scotia, we ask them really, what is their residency status of Canada? And it's really important to ask that because there's different programs available for different types of new to Canada residents. So for example, if a borrower is a permanent resident, they can qualify for the same programs that a Canadian can can qualify for. So I think that's really important to know. So permanent residents can buy a home in Nova Scotia across the country with as little as 5% down. And they can still access, you know, government programs like first-time homebuyer incentive and, um, you know, home buyer's plan and all of those great things. And, you know, obviously mortgage insurance from the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation and the two private insurers. Temporary residents are typically someone who would be on a work permit. And somebody on a work permit, you know, maybe you're coming from the U.S. on a work permit or maybe somewhere, you know, somewhere else in the world. And you can certainly still buy a home in Canada. Uh, as long as you still have at least a year left on your work permit and uh, you need a minimum of 10% down and you can get a high ratio insured mortgage. So I think that's really important to kind of note. Um, there also are programs available for maybe uh, borrowers that don't have you know, income to support the mortgage or maybe they ha- don't have established credit or you know, they can't provide any credit references. And typically a regular new to Canada program is 35% down. And that's kind of more of a net worth type program. And typically, you know, they'd put down 35%, but then they would also have, you know, 12 months of mortgage payments in residual savings. So the lenders know that they can pay their, you know, mortgage while they're getting established, while they're working on employment income, or maybe they're going to become self-employed. I don't know. Um, But I think immigration is so, so important. 
And, you know, uh, we've been talking about this stat and I think that I, I say the Halifax partnership put it out and I'll put it on them and I'm not hundred percent sure it was them, but, um, there was a survey done, or I guess maybe some stats done that the population in Halifax was going to grow by 25% over the next five years. I can tell you, I definitely saw some stats that were, there's a lot of new residents that have moved to Nova Scotia and Halifax specifically, um, because of the pandemic, obviously we've had a better quality of life here. And I think some people that were even seeing migration from other areas of the country, you know, obviously I live and work in Halifax and I was born in Nova Scotia. There's no place that I would rather be than here. 35%. 35% down. Yeah. That's a massive number, right? It is a massive number. So, you know, that's why we always try to work with new, um, you know, immigrants, we'll, we'll say. Uh, around will a program work for a temporary residency or with the 10% down? Or if they are a permanent resident, how can we make it work with maybe the 5% down? So there certainly are options and everyone can get a mortgage. You know, we're, we even see borrowers who just come right in and, you know, no employment income, no credit, no nothing. But, you know, they can have a bag of cash to make a big down payment and we can always make something happen. And, you know, depending on what the situation is, sometimes it's more costly, maybe for the short run, but we can always make, there's always a solution out there. When it comes to them having cash, you have to vet where the money oh, came from. That's, yeah, that's 100%. a huge part of it, right? Some lenders require the funds being in Canada for at least 30 days before the closing. Right. Some lenders require, you know, the funds to have a 90 day history of, you know, where they've been. Sometimes it's challenging to get a history from funds that are not in Canada. The reason being is certain countries um, limit the amount of money you can actually take out of the country. But there are a few workarounds, obviously, for getting the money. And sometimes money gets sent from aunt, uncle, friends, and it's really hard to trace the money and really where that money came from. So normally what I tell borrowers is if you need to have the money in the bank for 90 days, or if you need to have the money in the bank for 30 days, depending on like what type of program and what lender you're, you're using, just get the money in the bank. I think, you know, sometimes borrowers are waiting for the best exchange rate, or, you know, they're waiting to like sell an investment, or, you know, they have a property selling in a, you know, another country. It's always easier when we can prove where your skin in the game is coming from. Yeah. And if the money's in a negotiable fund in a Canadian institution, it's always easier. And the one rule of caution that I will say, and I'll say this to, you know, Canadians too, stop moving your money around. I sometimes see borrowers that have 10 bank accounts and they're constantly moving money around from institution to institution to institution. It becomes very challenging to get the history when there's constant money moving around. Anytime that there's large deposits, we have to prove where the, the where those funds came from. It's really for anti-money laundering. And the federal government uses mortgage lending really as uh, you know a, a way for them to ensure that their income taxes are getting paid. But also we're basically auditing these bank accounts and the lenders audit it to uh, ensure that the money that's being used for the financial transaction and the financial instrument instrument in terms of getting a mortgage we know where those funds are coming from. Why would people move money around? I don't know. It's just like you move money from one institution to another, then from a savings account into a checking account, into an investment account, back into the checking account, and then back to another institution. I'm not sure why people move money around. 
I only have a, I only have like one bank account in my personal name. Yeah. Um, and you know, in my business account, I or my under my business, I have two bank accounts. Um, I don't know why people have so many bank accounts. I, even 15 years later, I'm I it, it always perplexes me. Yeah. Why so many? And why move the money? I don't know. And it's really hard to unring the bell. But if you're listening to our show, just don't move your money around. Really, really easy. It'll make my job easier. And it seriously will make your job as a borrower much easier when we're asking for that history. And then we're going through those statements with a fine tooth mm-hmm. comb to making sure that, you know, obviously that, that money is your money. How do people get hold of you? Check us out online. I think the first place to look is uh, on our website at teamclinton.ca slash radio. Lots of great information on there. Lots of great contact information, blog posts, and, you know, there's links right to our social posts. So you can see all kinds of great information, little snippets of our show. And um, we'll certainly be back with you uh, next month. How much fun did you have? I had so much fun. And, you know, I, I love that it's August and, uh, you know, hopefully we have a, a great rest of the summer and, you know, I'm really looking forward kind of to September. I always feel September is kind of like a fresh start. So you got it. Thanks, Clinton. Thanks for having me. All right. That's Clinton Wilkins, uh, your mortgage guru. And this is Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership here in News 95.7. We'll be back next month.